Hello, my friend. Jeff C. here with a great new resource that I put together just for you. It's a complete database of all the tools that I use to create content and run my business. I've got apps, software, hardware, and even my favorite AI tools. It's easy to find what you need and tells you exactly how I'm using them in my business. To get access to my toolbox, just go to jeffc.com forward slash toolbox. That's J-E-F-F. S is in Sam, I-E-H. That's I before E, especially in C. That's how my mama had me learn it. So go check it out. And if you haven't heard me say it in a while, I appreciate you listening, my friend. And now, on with the episode. Keeping you up to date on the world of social media. Industry experts, innovators, creators, storytellers, and the latest social media tools, tips, and tactics. This is Social Media News Live. Welcome to Social Media News Live. I'm Jeff C. And you're not. (laughs) I'm Grace Duffy. And this is the show that keeps you up to date on what's happening in the world of social media. And today we are joined by my friend. And he's amazing because he's always here every week. Gary Stockton from Experian.com. And we're going to be talking all about uh, customer experience, his uh, ideas and thoughts about all this, because... He's super knowledgeable, and I'm so excited that he was able, at the last minute, I mean, seriously, the last minute, to join the show with us. Gary, thank you so much for being here today. Oh, it's, it's a pleasure to be here. I, I love watching the show every week, and I think you got a really good thing going here, uh, Grace and, and Jeff. So I'm a big fan. Well, thank you. So thank you. let's talk about this. We're all customers in some way or another, but... More and more, this uh, customer experience, we talked about with Brooke last week. We're talking about it today in even more depth, how important it is for marketing and businesses, small and big, how important this is moving forward in this year and and, and growing um, as the metaverse. We're going to be talking about that today, all sorts of things. So, Grace, why don't we just jump right into it and you take us away with some of the, the news and articles that you've pulled together. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Gary, thank you so much for joining us today. We are going to talk about that customer experience beyond social media and beyond customer support. We tackled that topic last week with the wonderful Brooke Sellis. So if you weren't able to catch that live or watch the replay, please go back, watch the video, listen to the podcast. It was a great show on customer support and customer care and how to manage that using social media. However, Customer support is only one part of that pillar of that customer experience. And we're here today with Gary to talk about what is it? You know, it gets thrown a lot. It gets thrown around a lot, like customer experience, CX. We're excited to have you on the show, Gary, to talk about what is it and what does it mean? So can you tell us everything that, especially you with your experience at Experian with the B2B side, like what do you think that customer experience encompasses? Like, what do marketers really need to know and understand about customer experience? It's been a buzzword for a while, but break it down for us. Well, I, th- I think it's uh, creating those moments of magic with your customers where they they think of you maybe more in, in, in than uh, just a, a brand uh, or a logo, but that company that really made a difference, you know, at important times. Um, you know, my own company that I work for, Experian, Um, You know, we're the custodians of the world's credit uh, information. So, you know, we help lenders make decisions on small business, but we also help small businesses build and and maintain strong credit so they can get access to affordable um, uh, financing. But my own view is, you know, um, 
you have to be responsive to customers. You have to uh, be a good listener and really understand what their challenges are, what their their problems are, and try and build products and solutions and services that really address um, the, the the challenges that they have in their every, everyday lives. So, Gary. I just wanted to, and we're pulling all sorts of audibles today because I'm going to pick your brain because you work for this big company in the marketing department, but you probably see, you know, for a credit, you know, company, you probably get a lot of um, having to deal with customer service and negative comments because it's finances is one of those touchy subjects and credit is another super touchy subject. So you're hitting two of the the really big ones right away. Um, how how is there a whole process that your customer service goes through to move the customer, you know, and, and trying to make them happy? I mean, a lot of times you, you can't with finances, but can you kind of just kind of walk us through a little bit how that happens? Yeah, yeah, sure. So on the on the consumer side, you know, that there's regulation around that and being timely and responsive to uh, complaints or disputes about credit. Um, you know, I don't work on that side of the business. I'm right. on more on the B2B side, but, but even so, you know, if there are mistakes or, or, uh, errors on, on credit reports, we have to have a process to investigate those, all the information that comes in on, on the finance side of the things and the credit history side of things is sourced from third parties. So we have to investigate those diligently and determine if it was indeed a mistake and get that corrected and sometimes that can take you know 30 to 45 days and people you know mm. really when, when they're in the moment trying to get financing they want it corrected in 45 minutes and so a lot of the time you really have to get people uh, set their expectations um right. correctly and really explain to them it could take a little time to investigate but we, we will get to the bottom of it um and my, yeah i think the the internet i think amazon i think uh, the immediacy of commerce, the immediacy of, of response, it's, you know, it's seconds, it's milliseconds. Um, that's really raised the expectation on the part of consumers now across the board, not just on consumer uh, websites and e-commerce, but for everybody. Mm, very, very true. So one of the things that when Grace had pulled together for this show was that in sales, there's an article in Salesforce in it, and they said, you know, really, really confidently, in fact, that customers are willing to pay a pay, customers are willing to pay a premium for a great experience, and not just great products and services. So this means that businesses have, you know, an opportunity to increase their revenue by delighting their customers in a way that no one else does. So I, I, that's great news. But if I think I was to ask a customer if they would rather have a good buying experience or the best value, they probably could have say, well, we want both. So what are your thoughts, Gary, on how business can balance, like providing a consistently good buying experience and then the best customer value, uh, you know, they can get? I mean, I know that's a, a tough thing for companies, but you working for the, you know, the B2B side, I know a lot of your customers are dealing with this right now. Yeah. Well, I, I think you really have to um, pick where you can make the, the biggest impact where you can move the needle the most. I mean, right now, experience very focused on underbanked, the unbanked mm -hmm. people that don't have credit uh, scores. And there are around 28 million, I think 28 million was the number that I, I read. Right. 28 million people that don't have credit scores. So we just released something called Experian Go, which is if you're an unscored person, when you go to the 
the website, you can start and create your own credit profile. Now, that's going to make a huge difference for, pe for people who couldn't get a uh, credit card, couldn't get established there with, with, uh, with loans. Um, that's going to move the needle significantly in society for, for, you know, for, for Experian and for, for millions of consumers. Um, enhancing um, the uh, mobile app, you know, so it loads faster. You know, you can see where that right. may come down in scale. You know, where can you make the, the biggest impact for the greatest number of people? Yeah, those are all good points. So, um, Grace, do you have a follow-up question on that? Yeah. So building on this point of, of that opportunity to uh, really bank on serving excellent customer experience, do you think it's true that customers really would be willing to pay a premium or are willing to pay a premium for good customer experience, also given all of these tech advances and broader access to more choices? And as you mentioned, the immediacy of commerce, like, for example, you know, if you're not happy buying expensive razors, which people were happy to do for decades, right? And then along comes all these other inexpensive monthly delivery services to solve that problem for you. And you don't even have to go out and look for it. It just gets set to you once a month, whatever, <laughs> whatever the cadence is, right? Or if you're fed up with mediocre hotel chains or not getting what you want then that don't offer value, then why not try Airbnb or, you know, and we could fill in a million other uh, new companies or, or emerging companies out of this space. Like you don't want to go to the gym. Here's, you know, here's a service that you can do at home. So do you think right. customers really are willing to pay a premium when there are so many value options or value-based options out there? Uh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. I mean, myself, I mean, I've got several subscriptions that I, that I pay for. I pay for YouTube, you know, I, right. because right. Yeah. Uh, for me, time is is more valuable, you know, and that, that those, you know, five, 10 second ads, they all add up to minutes, sometimes <laughs> yeah. hours. So the way I look at it is I want to see the content immediately. Uh, also, um, streaming music. I listen to Apple, you know, and I don't have to take chances on, on buying records. I can stream the records and then add them to my collection if I want to buy them. So absolutely, people will pay a premium. And I think what's really great about living in this era, this time, this moment in time, there's so much innovation going around, uh, going on around the customer experience. Um, and we've got AI, you know, really predicting what people's needs are going to be, mm -hmm. um, their preferences in, in viewing things, you know, your algorithm, you could, you would see a different feed of, of movie suggestions based on you know, what you've been watching. So there's just a lot to get excited about there in terms of, um, you know, signing up for services and paying a premium. Yeah. One, one of the things I want to, uh, this is a great question from Jonathan Perez, who's watching over on LinkedIn. And he goes, I, I would think retention is critical. If you only focus on customer acquisition, then you'll work twice as hard. And I think that's a great, a great point, Jonathan. Um, what do you, what are your thoughts on that, Gary, on, on, on re retaining those customers? Because oh, it's not yeah. just, it's not just, you know, providing a great, like, we're, we're you know, onboarding you really easy. We make you have all these choices and we're sending you something in the mail every month. But it's like, how do you keep those customers? Which a lot of times, and I know a lot of companies forget about, they get them and they're like, oh, great, we got yes. a customer. So what are your thoughts on this? I, I saw a great, this reminds me of a great keynote that I saw at Social Media Marketing World a couple of years ago. The gentleman's name, Joey, his, ne his second name escapes me, but his whole mantra was, um, creating an unforgettable experience for your customer in the first hundred days. 
know, if oh, you yeah. can, and, and the examples that he gave, there was um, Zogis, uh, I think it was a, an industrial towel supplier. They supply towels to gyms, um, but the part of their onboarding was you know, when you sign up to get supplied by them, you get a personal video with your first name, you know, welcoming you to um, Zogis. And it really, you know, it's a personal onboarding. And he gave a whole bunch of examples in this speech. And it's just really thinking about making it so that your customers never want to leave. You know, you've created such a great experience for them early on in the relationship and you, that really will sustain you. But also looking for those signals when you think that your customers may be um, becoming disengaged, maybe using your services less, mm-hmm. you know, having, having your systems, your, your um, analytics tuned so that you can be listening for those signs that they may, may be uh, leaving or going to a competitor. I think that's, that's really, really key. So Gary, I, before, uh, so we've got uh, Mark came in and so I wanted to get before um, we kind of move to, uh, to his thoughts is, where can people find, I mean, you have a podcast and you, you do this B2B yeah. stuff over on, on Experian. Tell us about that and how people can find you. Well, Jeff's going to be on the podcast. You you guys don't <laughs> know this, but it's, we, we talked to Jeff um, and his episodes coming up. It's called the Small Business Matters podcast. Uh, oh. I love talking to small businesses and Jeff came on to talk about Pinterest, manly Pinterest tips. Mm-hmm. Um this week, our episode focuses on fourth generation, a fourth generation business owner um, and black entrepreneur of the year, Kiwa Narula. Uh, her great grandfather fr- fled the Tulsa massacre uh, uh, for Chicago. And there was a long uh, line of four generations of small business owners out of that family. And she just has a wonderful tale. So I love doing that podcast, talking uh, with uh, small business owners, small business matters and we drop an episode once every couple of weeks. Yeah, so go go check it out because Gary, as you can tell, he's he's super smart, super cool guy, popping in like this, giving us his advice. Uh, while we, Gary, you are I, a a true fan, you are a true friend. Thank you so much for for doing this for us. And I want to make sure um, we want to we want to push this out. And make sure do do us a favor and go and subscribe to Gary's podcast. Give him a rating and review because it really does uh, help help out podcasters. And Gary, please. F- drop in your um your uh your podcast link in the in the comments below because i want to make sure everybody finds out about that so gary thank you my friend for being here today thank you very much guys see you later gary okay thanks gary all right man gary came through for us in the end what a pro what a pro right so like it's it's a i i love but you know what all of those answers completely off the cuff, completely honest, completely, you know, mm-hmm. just the, the, that, that is what a, what a great rock star he is. So thanks thank Gary, Gary so much. You us. are, you're the man. So I want to bring on our guest too, is the amazing Mark. <laughs> okay. We thought maybe that it was our fault. So I'm just, I'm, I got your email right before you came on. How you doing, Mark? I'm so embarrassed. <laughs> You're good. You really, I just, you really, I, 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 I'm doing a million things and I got no, the time wrong no. and I apologize. I had it. I just had it on my calendar wrong. And uh, so anyway, but here I am. Thank you for being gracious. And I mean, I hate that. I can't remember the last time I've been late for anything. And uh, I especially love coming to see you because you're such, such great pros and ask such great uh, questions 
and you've supported me so immensely <laughs> over the years. So thank you. I'm sorry. And now on with the show. So, but Mark, I just want to, I want to, we, we, Mark, we absolve you of your guilt. So please don't ever think about this again. Don't worry about it. This stuff happens. And if you've seen the last few episodes of this show, everything has happened. So it's fine. We're yeah. doing it. This is great. This is the magic yeah, of live video. We get to showcase. Yeah, yeah, we get to showcase. Hey, we got to showcase Ecamm in action today of how you can quickly switch these lower thirds and quickly yeah. slot, bring people in and off, in and out. And just like, I cannot think of a better way to showcase the power of live video other than things like this happening, life happening, right? So exactly. yeah, and, and you got to remember our, but our fans are amazing in our our community. I mean, Gary stepped in like two seconds before we went live, and was able to talk and share his stuff. So Gary, once again, you the man. Um, he is that, the man. He is, he is the man. He is the man. So I'm going to actually, while we are talking, uh, fix this. So. Uh, Grace, can you introduce our, uh, our our guest as I fix the lower third? Yes, absolutely. We have Mark Schaefer joining us here today. We brought him on to talk about designing customer experience beyond social media and customer support. As we mentioned last week, we had his uh, marketing companion podcast co-host Brooke Sellis on to talking up to talk about customer care through social. Uh, we wanted to bring Mark on to talk about that full customer experience because again, you know, customer support, customer care is just one part of it. We're talking about how hard people, companies work for that acquisition, but they don't really work to continue to keep that company and there's the customer. And there's so many ways that people encounter companies these days. And part of that is building trust. So, you know, with customers having so many ways to, you know, encounter customers, we wanted to talk about creating this seamless experience for them throughout all the channels, throughout the touch points. And we also want to dive into the future of marketing with the world of Web 3.0 and then, of course, the metaverse. But just a little bit, I'm not going to go deep into it. We're not going to get lost in it. But hey, we are Who so can? honored. Who can? <laughs> Yeah, I, I want know. to see your it's avatar honest. is what I want to see. Nobody um, can go deep into the metaverse at this point. Right. <laughs> well, we are joined today by Mark Schaefer. He is the executive director at, director at Schaefer Marketing Solutions. He is a globally recognized keynote speaker, educator, and business consultant. And if you haven't had a chance to hear Mark speak, here is your chance. He is amazing. I love him. He is the author of several books. Uh, we talked to him a few months ago about his latest book, Cumulative Advantage, which is also one of our favorites. He's also known for known and Marketing Rebellion, which I actually referenced a lot of as I was preparing for the show, which is the most human company wins. And then you could also catch him on his blog, Grow, one of the top marketing blogs in the world. And of course, again, he co-hosts The Marketing Companion with Brooke Sellis. So, Mark, welcome to the show. I'm so glad you could make it today. Yeah, me too. So, so yeah. I, I want to do a shout out, though, also, if you guys are watching uh, uh, on Amazon Live, I have all of Mark's books on, in the carousel. So make sure you guys check those out. They are well worth the the amount you spend on them. I, I still reference them today. I yeah. have them all on Kindle. I have some physical copies. So if you're interested in what Mark has to say, make sure you guys check those out in the carousel down below. So, all right, let's move on to building brand trust because Mark talks a lot about this. And there's a really great article, that Grace, that you found that uh, you talked about customer experience. So why don't you just go ahead and take that away? 
Yeah, so Forbes published this article recently, and the title is Brand Trust Emerges as a Single Best Contributor to Customer Experience. And the research in here cites that uh, they examined customer service across these five categories of brand image, the purchasing experience, the experience of using the product or the service, the relationship, and then customer service. And among these five, customer, or excuse me, brand image emerged as the most significant contributor to this X factor going across all countries surveyed. Brand image in this case is assessed by how much customers say they trust a brand, their perception of how much the brand stays true to its commitments, and then Surprisingly, how it treats its frontline employees. So, of course, we've been hearing a lot about how employees are being treated at different companies. And that does color the way that people look and trust and feel about the companies that they purchase things or support or whatever. So how can companies measure this this? experience metric for themselves because this was a research this was a research along with a company i think it was havas customer experience anyway i would love to know how companies can measure and assess this metric for themselves and see how they're doing well i think the key idea is uh one of the trends i see is that increasingly the title of chief marketing officer is becoming chief experience officer and it's it certainly makes sense and it's probably overdue because everything we do and everything we don't do impacts the brand i wrote a blog post this week talking about how uh in my early days of marketing uh, I was in a big B2B company and uh, I spent most of my time in the transportation department. Why? Because transportation was key to our customers. We worked in this manufacturing environment. We needed to have the product be there on time. We needed to have it arrive just in time. We had to reduce their inventory levels. And this was really the most important part of the customer experience. So that's where I dwelled. Now, the interesting thing about this is that I think most people listening today probably don't think about transportation as a part of trust or a part of marketing. But in that example, it was the most important part. And I think the, um, the challenge is that most people are, are sort of one dimensional these days when it comes to marketing. It's about digital, it's about social media, without really considering everything that goes into the customer experience. You know, last show, Brooke was talking about uh, customer experiences and some of the problems with customer experience right now. You know what? Largely, it's not a marketing problem, it's an HR problem. We can't get enough people to be reliable customer service agents, right? The world has shifted to e-commerce. The orders on e-commerce have surged. The complaints on, on uh, online channels have surged. We see research that when uh, customer service people are working at home, they're not as effective than they were working in a call center. So this is a crucial customer touch point. If your customers are angry or disappointed, on average, they're going to tell seven people, right? If they're happy, they're going to tell two. Marketing becomes 
an HR problem. So there's not really one measure. You need to look at the total experience. You might need to see, I mean, I worked with one company and what we found was their customers were spending too much time on the phone when they're trying to place orders, right? So that became our number one marketing metric. Uh, and, and it wasn't forever, right? We had to solve that. But we need to look at the entire customer experience and start knocking down every touch point that might be causing a problem. So you you mentioned that that you, with that company, you had to find that metric. So is that metric going to change depending on the customer or is there a certain metric that all businesses should be paying to paying attention to is because it sounds like, you know, you talked about that things are changing so fast and that there's, it's multifaceted now with social media. Is there one thing that that companies can look to, or is it, you're going to have to figure it out and that's going to depend on the company. Yeah. it's, It's, it's almost never the same thing. This is one of the biggest problems I see with marketing consulting, especially if you're busy, that people go in with cookie cutter plans, cookie cutter metrics, and that almost never works because we have to look at the, the, the distinct and unique competitive landscape for every company. Uh, we have to look at you know where are the customers and what are their expectations? Where can we maneuver? What are our strengths that we can leverage? And increasingly, with the speed of change in business, it's not just about a strategy to leverage our strengths you know, over time, it's about how do we leverage our strengths right now? Especially we're in this, uh, still in the grip in many ways and in many places of, of the pandemic. I've talked about this idea that we're in an era of unintended consequences. Our customers are changing in so many ways. They're coming out of this pandemic different than how they were uh, two years ago or now, you know, almost three years ago, but uh, their their habits have changed. The way they buy changed. Everything about their, their life is being renegotiated. How they work, where they work, when they work, how they learn, how they educate, how they connect, how they commune, how they date. Uh, I was talking to a brand manager at uh, Adidas and he said that the pandemic has redefined sport, right? So this is profound. And uh, a lot of those habits, uh, I think I saw a statistic, 88% of Americans said their buying habits have changed during the pandemic. And 92% of them said those habits are going to stay that way. So now is the time to be humble and reconnect with our customers. I'm not sure in many cases, we really know what the most important things are right now, what the most important expectations are, and maybe even we need to reconsider what our metrics are. Great point. I wanted to bring up this question from our listener, Jonathan Perez. He's saying, are you building hassle maps for the buyer journey to help identify these pinch points? It's a good question. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what a hassle map is. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm glad I didn't know either. So Jonathan, I didn't either. And I was like, well, I think I I'll ask the maybe, maybe Jonathan is in the hassle map business, <laughs> but, uh, 
you know, I don't know. I mean, I, I just think, look, uh, this is 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 marketing uh, 101, right? I mean, marketing is about uh, building demand for whatever you do to respond to your customers in a rapid and uh, meaningful way, hopefully better than your competitors. And that's exactly what I'm talking about right now. So, I mean, I don't look at any research right now that started before of March of 2020. Mm. That's, that's what I mean by being humble. And, and, and I don't know if we know all of our customer pinch points right now. If we've got a whole workforce working remotely, they've got entirely new pinch points, right? right. They may need new types of IT support, new types of childcare, new types of healthcare, new ways to uh, uh, communicate, uh, new way, you know, maybe they need to work out, you know, 24 seven, you know, have access to, to, to health clubs and healthcare and childcare and food. Um, you know, I think there's going to be an emerging model of remote working hubs of maybe specialized apartment complexes or condominium, you know, areas that are really specialized focusing on remote workers. So, I mean, there's going to be entirely new business models emerging over the next two years. You look at, you look at the, you know, the housing shortages, you look at inflation, you look at shortages and it's even hard to get a car these days. Those are all opportunities, by the way, for new, for new business models. And they're, they all represent potential customer pinch points, unmet and underserved customer needs. So, uh, so here he goes, uh, hassle map is his Saturday to do list, which I don't think that we're really talking about, but I feel your pain, Gary. Uh, but Jonathan says it's a blueprint. He came back uh, over on LinkedIn and said it's a blueprint to identify any issues and obstacles that a buyer encounters through their journey. So that's yeah. a, a new term, but I, yeah. So I think you answered that, but the, one of the questions was, um, well, one of the, the things that Grace had put together for us is Forbes also mentioned that the latest uh, Edelman Trucks barometer found that around half of all respondents worldwide want to do business to do more to tackle these societal problems like climate change and economic inequality, uh, concluding that societal leadership is now a core function of the business. Now, you've talked about this before, I know quite a bit, and um, and we talked about it at the very beginning even with Gary is the shaping brand, uh, the customer experiences and in this article, they said to succeed, brands need to think not just about how well they understand customers and how well they engage with them, but also how they do things, how they treat their employees and their impact on the world, all that stuff. So these topics, Mark, like economic equality, climate controversies and societal issues that a lot of brands run away from, not towards. So can you talk to us about how business should, should really dive into some of these complicated and tough topics like these? But it is, it really is such a, a complicated topic. Um, and it's, it's a, it really, in some ways, Jeff, it's an existential topic. Yeah. Um, here's the thing that is so strange to an old school sort of business model or marketing um, view of the world. So a marketing strategy in the past was determined basically by economic factors. It, it was determined by how well you can compete, how well you can bring a product to market. What are the activities of your customers? What are the are the activities of your competitors, right? 
the weird thing that's happening is um, civic activity is starting now to press in on marketing. I think it's so it's it's a new day. It really is. It's it, it's a new day. And as I reflect on my career and, and I think about you know what I was doing and what marketing was like uh, 20 or 30 years ago, to think about companies would be moving in this direction really was quite unthinkable. I think the two main points I would make about this is that purpose-driven marketing isn't a tactic. It has to be part of your company from the top to the bottom. Purpose-driven marketing cannot be a reaction to something. It can, there's a protest in the street. Oh, now we stand for this, right? It has to be part of the, the, the DNA of the company. So what I mean by that is, let's say Patagonia. If Patagonia comes out and says something about an environmental issue, you believe it because that's the way they were built and that's what they stand for. Um, so they're not blowing in the, in, in the wind. It's, it's not a reaction. It's, it's part of their DNA from the top of the company um, to the bottom of the company. You know, the second thing that I would say is that it's not necessarily for everyone. A lot of the biggest brands will will have to respond this way. But one of the little uh, exercises I do with uh, within my workshops or, or with my students is I'll say, think about all the products you bought in the last two weeks. It could be a, a jacket because it's cold. It could be gasoline for your car. Uh, it could be a, you know, a plant for your office. And so maybe dozens or even hundreds of products you buy on a day-to-day -day basis. Now, name those products you bought because they stood for something. And generally speaking, it's almost none. We buy a sandwich because we're hungry. We buy a coat because we're cold. We buy breakfast cereal because that's what we've always eaten since we were a kid. And um, so we have hundreds and hundreds of products that aren't being purchased because they stand for something. So I don't, so, so number one, it has to be something that's, that's organic. It's not a reaction. It has to be really part of the company's culture from the top to the bottom. Uh, number two, you know, look at the strategy, look at the reality very, very carefully. Mm. Don't, that you need to embark on purpose-driven marketing because everybody else is. Really look at what are you doing in the world? What problem are you solving in the world? If you just want to be, if you're an entertainer and you just want to entertain and make people laugh or make music or, you know, or just give somebody a sandwich because they're hungry, right. you, know, you got to think very, very carefully um, about, about what you're doing. I, I had one example of someone I was talking to, I won't go into the details, but he had uh, you know a, a music store, and he was just selling instruments, 
And this is something that really didn't have to be politicized necessarily. And people really aren't thinking, I wonder what you, how you stand on the environment or Black Lives Matter. I mean, everybody loves music and everybody buys musical instruments. But he chose to take a very uh, sort of harsh and in-your-face stand on a subject. And soon he had protesters you know, all around his, his, his business. Mm-hmm. And he's complaining to me about, oh, this is cancel culture. And I said, no, this was just a bad business decision. <laughs> uh, you know, you, you, you put your own, your own ideas and your own dogma ahead of, of business. Now, you have every right to do that. It's your life, it's your world, it's your business. But you've gotta, you've gotta know that if, you know, if people just want a musical instrument, they don't want your dogma, well, then you might have to face the consequences. So, you know, it's not, it's not necessarily for everybody. So I wanted to bring That's up some, really, oh, I was, sorry. Yeah, I, I was gonna bring up some, say, oh, go ahead, Grace. Yeah, don't interrupt Grace. Sorry, she's about don't interrupt me, Jeff, really I'm just kidding. Thing. No, so I, I wanna thinking, make sure that this is acknowledged. No, this is, this is a, a really good point because it just brought up, there's a local um, sandwich shop near where I live and like they decided to take a really hard political stance and now it's just like well I was just trying to choose whether or not I have a sandwich (laughs) whether or not I want to have a sandwich today now I have to choose like my political ideology and what sandwich I want I'm not going to go there you know (laughs) it's like it just it ended up having a negative I mean for the people that it was for they loved it for the people it alienated so many other people it's hard to say but I was like I really like it was hard enough to choose whether what sandwich I wanted and now I have to choose like what side of the political divide I'm on with the sandwich. I need to for 10 seconds because my alarm is going off to tell me it's time to go on your show. <laughs> <laughs> so important. Uh, we, need to, we need to do a GoFundMe for a, 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 a alarm. Um, I'm, I wasn't kidding you. I had the whole thing wrong on my calendar, but uh, I, wanted, I was ready. I had an alarm. Were, and it's time for Jeff and Grace. Yeah, that's funny. But okay, let's go back to back. So I want to bring up a comment from Jonathan. He goes, "It ha-, and this is your point too, uh, Mark. It says it has to be a genuine behavior in order to build rapport. Um, and one of the things, and I want to ask you, do you think a lot of it is almost like icing on the cake? For Like for me, I love my Allbird shoes because they're super comfortable. Um, but they also have, you know, zero carbon footprint and all this stuff. But to be honest, they're so comfortable. If they were made from like the tears and whiskers of a kitten, I would probably yeah. still wear them, you know. Right. And this other thing yeah. is like an added bonus that, oh, it makes me feel good. Do you think that's mm-hmm. most of this kind of marketing? Or do you think there well, really it, is a know, huge market that people buy because of Patagonia's stance? I, th- I think there I think there I think it's both. Okay. Um, I, I think it's both. You know, I mean, you're talking about, you know, uh, attributes of a product that make you love and, and you're loyal to the product. And that's that's amazing. But I don't think we can we can really dismiss this idea that that the purpose and values matter. And I'll, I'll give you two reasons why. Number one, I think it was in. 2018, Blackstock, uh, the big, uh, you know, trust, the the big fund that funds all the businesses, Mm -hmm. it's a big holding company for a lot of businesses. I think they have a trillion dollars worth of assets or something like that. They went out to all their companies 
And they said, it's no longer uh, just about the money you make. We need to see how you make it. And there was an article in the Wall Street Journal about that statement. And they said, economics just changed, right? Because I grew up in the era of Milton Friedman. Milton Friedman said, you know, the purpose of the firm is to, you know, create shareholder value and that's it. No, not anymore. And I think that was the statement that the, the BlackRock was making is that the times have changed. This matters. It was a, it was a real shift and a significant milestone really in economic history. The second thing I'll, I'll talk about is the consumer side of this that there is research that shows that if a product has shared meaning and shared values with a customer, they may switch, they may pay more, they may defend the brand. And, you know, consequently, if there's a brand that doesn't share your values, then people are going to, to leave. It's one of the few things left that really can lead to loyalty today. We're in a we're in a world where loyalty is in decline because we're in a shop around culture, right? We're just on our smartphone, flipping, mm-hmm. flipping, flipping, finding what we want. We don't really care, you know. Just oh, okay. We expect the best price and free delivery. It's going to be here tomorrow, and so we're in this shop around culture. But the one thing that can change that is shared meaning and shared values. So I wouldn't be completely dismissive and say, well, it's still about, you know, it's icing on the cake. I wouldn't call it icing on the cake. For some people, I think it's a core uh, purchasing decision. Gotcha. I'm just jaded and old. It's probably yeah. the thing. This is what it is. Um, so uh, somebody, you know, another great company that I got to make sure we talked about and I kind of skipped over the beginning is our sponsors, Ecamm. And you can find out more about them at socialmedianewslive.com forward slash Ecamm. And by the way, you've seen how easy it is to switch things on the fly during a live show today. So uh, shout out to our friends at Ecamm. In fact, they're actually getting ready to, at Social Media Marketing World, have a meetup. So um, Mark is gonna be there speaking. He, oh, We've had so many comments of people who have said that Mark has changed their business and they heard him at Social Media Marketing World. And so Mark is gonna be there, Ecamm will be there. If you'd like to find out, uh, there's some free trainings they're doing. So go to ecamm.tv forward slash SMMW22 meetup. And you can find out all about that, but uh, make sure, I mean, you're doing the keynote again this year, I believe. Uh, no, no, I'm not doing, just, I mean, just, I'm not doing the official okay. keynote. I'm on, I'm on a big stage. Yeah. Uh, Which is, it's, it's a keynote if Mark's talking. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, yeah. it's always yeah. good. So uh, it, I'm excited. I always, I always, I always bring the thunder at social media marketing world. It's you gonna, too. It's gonna be, it'll be something special. Yeah. So make sure you uh, go check out Ecamm. Uh, I'm going to be there as well. So now our last section is I'm really excited about because uh, Mark has some, some interesting things that he's been doing that I want to talk about the, towards the end. But um, this whole new uh, iteration of the internet is you know all about putting control over data and content i mean there's even stuff in the news today about google's doing stuff um, increasing privacy and digital trust and offering all these immersive experiences so all this stuff mark how does it translate 
to business and customer experience. I mean, you've started to write a lot about it. Um, I've seen what you, and I want to talk to you a little bit later about your rise coin and all that, but how does that work into customer experiences? Do we have to really, do we have to go and create an avatar now to talk to people over on the metaverse and Facebook with our Oculuses? You know, what, what's happening with this, the future of this customer experience that's going on? Well, um, I think it's sort of an easy idea. I want to, I'm, I'm working on a, on a blog post um, that I think here's sort of an, a way to think about it that might make it easy and accessible to people. So the metaverse is already here. It's not something that Facebook is building. It's not something that's two years away. Go play the game Fortnite. Right. All right. Now, I'm not a gamer, but I watch kids play it. And Fortnite, you are an avatar. You can change your clothes. You can buy stuff. You can buy, you know, the clothes you wear are called skins. And you can buy special, you know, things to make you look uh, scary and powerful. So there's e-commerce. You can trade things. You collaborate. You create things together. You are an avatar that's in this mystical and exciting 3D world. You can even go and uh, interact with brands and you can inter- you can watch concerts. So if, you, if the metaverse seems mysterious and uh, you know, like something that's super futuristic, just uh, either watch a kid play Fortnite or go to Twitch and you can watch people play games. And so it's a way to kind of think about, okay, uh, I kind of see what's going on here and I see what the possibilities are. What business problems does this solve? So it's sort of interesting being in a virtual world. You don't have to travel. You don't have to go to a store. That would have been kind of nice during the pandemic. <laughs> um, so, so, so some of the things, uh, certainly there's going to be lots of opportunities for education. There's going to be lots of opportunities for uh, e-commerce and shopping and gaming. Um, but then you have to start thinking about, um, you know, what does it mean for B2B? I don't really know right now. You know, you have to think about what, what's the problem with Zoom? Okay, what's the problem with Zoom? What's the problem with Ecamm Live or, e- or live streaming? Well, you know, would I rather be sitting here with you like, and I'm, I'm showing up as a dragon? <laughs> well, that would, be a, that would be a gimmick. What if I floated around? What if we were doing this in a, you know, in a castle? Well, okay, that might be interesting once, but I think that's going to get old. It, I, you know, it doesn't really solve a lot of, a lot of business problems. So we have to say, okay, we already have a glimpse of what's possible with the metaverse. Just go to Fortnite and then start thinking about, okay, how, what are some of the inventive and amazing things that human beings are going to do to use this in new ways? Could this solve problems for me? And I think that's sort of a template to think about the metaverse in a practical way. So to follow up with that, do you think the metaverse and web 3.0 is like 
radio going to television and we have a new channel to go to, or is it something totally like shattering that, you know, this is going to change everything like the internet? Well, you know, I look at the metaverse and web web 3.0 is two different things really. Um, you know, the metaverse, you know, honestly, you know, to me, the jury's still out. I, I think there's, uh, I, there's a lot of hype and I, reserve the right to be completely wrong. Um, and certainly I can't anticipate the potential of the metaverse, just like nobody at the beginning could anticipate the potential of the internet. One of my favorite quotes at the dawn of the internet, there was a senior vice president at IBM who said, yeah, I predict that there will be something like a search engine but it is good. It would be so expensive that probably only five companies in the world could afford it. Right. <laughs> so, I mean, again, uh, that was someone at the, at the cusp of this new technology that simply couldn't imagine what was going to be possible. And I think we need to be open learners right now for all of this new technology. I actually think web three is has has probably more opportunity for disruption and more you know maybe even more applications to to marketing than um than even uh, the metaverse um I, I just think the web 3.0 has the opportunity to disrupt things that should have been disrupted a long time ago and the, and the narrow part of Web3 that I'm experimenting with, and by the way, I'd encourage everyone to explore, all right? Don't just ignore it and hope that it's going to go away. Just take one step and start learning about these things. I'm using my Rise coin and my Rise community as a learning community, basically as a big uh, experiment. Uh, if you want to be part of this, just drop me an email and let me know and I'll, you know, get you a couple coins and we can learn on this together. Don't ignore it. You know, in all of these things, just dip your toe in and, and look around and explore and start to learn some of the language. You know, web three is super complicated with a lot of new terms and a lot of new technologies that are very hard to understand. So just take one step. Web three, we're on step one of a 1000 step journey. <laughs> but by the end of this year, we might be on step 500. It's gonna move really, really fast. It, it, I think this could change certainly any sort of loyalty programs. It could redefine community, which is what I'm really interested in. Uh, I, I, there's just so many incredible possible applications and so many new use cases. And the thing that's exciting to me is that this is happening so fast that I'm learning something every single day. So um, I would encourage people just to, 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 to try it, to explore, to, to learn, uh, you know, find some people in the space that you like and you trust and just watch what they're doing and, you know, look at their content, but, but don't ignore it because it, I think web three is, is going to be transformational. And if you look at the amount of money and the amount of development going into this, 
the use cases are just exploding. And I'm so happy that I'm an early adopter because I don't know what I'm doing, but at least I've got a seat right. to, to, to know what I don't know. <laughs> Exactly. And a lot of people are talking about this. You know, uh, Jonathan said, I I think it'll help us better conduct virtual meetings. You know, Zoom isn't cutting it for large groups, uh, 3D virtual space. With Peg Fitzpatrick and Guy Kawasaki, who I do their podcast, is we we did the Oculus rooms. It's really cool because I can go from my computer and then go to a whiteboard and, and stuff. So... Oh, like that's Mark, great. Yeah, yeah. It solves a problem. That's exactly yeah. what I'm talking about. Yeah. And if so it solves the problem, then it'll happen. Yeah. Right. And yeah. if it um, doesn't solve a problem, it's a gimmick. Yeah. Yes. That's a, a very good point. And, um, but I think your, your idea of community, I mean, Disney just hired a, like a director of the metaverse, you know, they're going to be, right. you know, they're selling NFTs for Disney already. And like, that's going like for $5,000. Oh, it's nuts. Oh, the NFT. Yeah. It, it, yeah. If you're a beloved brand like Disney, Marvel, um, you know, Nike, uh, 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 the Star Wars franchise. I mean, the NF, the NF, the money from NFTs, anything that that kind of goes in the area of collectibles, it's the money is going to be unbelievable. It already is. The money's unbelievable. I, I've invested in the N- NBA virtual trading cards just to see what yeah. it was. Just to like you were saying. Yeah. Put your feet in and see what it's, it's going to be. So, right. Gra- I love that. Grace, you had a question. Sorry, I'm interrupted. No, I was oh. just, I was oh. listening to you. <laughs> oh. Like, oh, thinking about, I was thinking about beloved brands, actually, if you want to know. So, <laughs> <I was> like, <laughs> for our final question, Mark, thank you for going a little late for us. Um, and thank you guys for tuning in because I got so many great questions from Mark. Because when you get Mark in a room or on it, you want to just hold on to him and not let him go. Um, <laughs> it's clinging, clinging to Mark. That should be an NFT. Um, so if somebody could come up with that. Me grabbing onto Mark, we'll sell it. Um, talk about, you mentioned this rise created coin. Why did you do it? And just, you don't have to, I know it's a big subject, but just for people who want to go to your um, blog. And I actually did it when you had, when you first launched it and I got a few, I own part of Mark. Um, yeah, you do. So you do. talk to, how does that work and, and why, why did you decide to do it? Well, um, uh, I saw it, uh, happening and at first I sort of resisted it because I didn't, I didn't understand it. I didn't understand, um, the, the, the use case, the business case for these creator, uh, communities. I was seeing people coming on and they were like artists and they were musicians and I didn't really see how I fit. Then I saw more and more um, thought leaders, people who are my peers and colleagues start to get on. So I thought, well, look, I, I need to start experimenting, right? I mean, I need to take my own medicine, right? And I, I you know, to, I think uh, to this is a matter really of being relevant. If you're going to be relevant in the next 18 months to two years, you've got to immerse yourself in what's happening with Web3 and specifically with these creator communities. So I went all in and uh, trust me when I say I had no idea what I was doing, but I'm learning. I've, I'm, it's, it's like being having this community, it's almost like having a new college education I've learned so much in the last uh, six months. Um, and uh, really, like you said, it, it, it would take a lot of time to, to explain what it, what it is. But 
basically what you do is you can get tokens. There's plenty of op opportunities in my community to get free tokens. Mm -hmm. I give away free tokens every week. <laughs> um, so you don't, you don't have to invest anything. There's really no risk. There's no obligation uh, because most of the time I'm just giving them away anyway. And if they don't do anything, then, you know, who cares? At least I'm still learning. But the tokens are doing something. I mean, it's a it's a cryptocurrency. They're worth real money. It's increased in value. We're getting weekly rewards. My community last week got over $10,000 in one week. Uh, what the percentage of your of my coin that you own, that's the percentage of the $10,000 that you got this week. It's going to be even more than that. So there are there there are dividends. There are I mean, I've got things on my site you can buy my books using crypto for five bucks. That's 80 percent off. <laughs> you can go to my classes. You can attend my master class. You can buy a ticket for an event. And that's just the beginning. There's a whole ecosystem. It's, there's going to be almost like a creator mall that comes out that you, you're going to be able to use these tokens for lots of interesting, exciting and exclusive uh, services, products, uh, NFTs. It's it, it's it's just like I said, step one of a thousand steps, but it's already pretty cool. Yeah, I was kind of poo poo on the whole creator coin things until I saw Mark do it. I was like, yeah. okay, if Mark's behind it, then that's I'm I'm really interested now in seeing how that could work. I like the idea of having your currency that people can buy your products yeah, from. You know, and, and you know, you know, the best part about this is that I can use these tokens to say thank you. Right. So, I mean, I've lived in this world where I've benefited from so many wonderful people like you, like like Grace, like Gary, who was on a few minutes ago, like Brooke, who was on last week. And this is an opportunity for me to just give away tokens and say, thank you. You know, you, you've been such a supporter here. Here's a gift for me. You, you can be part of this. Let's be in this together. And, and I love that. That really, it's a, it's all of a sudden like a two-way system, instead of just people doing nice things for me. That's the best part about this so far. That's awesome. Love so, that, Mark. thank you, Mark, for staying late. And before we wrap up, I want to let you tell people where they can go and find out about Creator Coins that you have, and also where they can find you and and your books. By the way, if you're watching over on Amazon Live. All of Mark's books are listed down below in the carousel. Make sure you check those out. I mean, a lot of the people here in the chat have uh, read them and continue to reread them because they're that good. So make sure you guys check those out. So Mark, yeah. we're going to find you. Well, first of all, thank you so much. I love you both. I appreciate you both. I'm so appreciative of your professionalism, and especially your patience with me today. Uh, you can find everything about me at businesses grow actually it's right there below my name you can find my blog my podcast my books you can learn a little bit about the the rise coin uh i called it rise instead of mark <laughs> uh, <laughs> because it's it's for me it's about rising above the noise right that's what we all want to do today we want to be heard we want to be seen we want to be discovered and that's you know what this community is about is how how do we do that together so the coin is called rise there's a little place on my website at the nav bar it says rise so you can learn a little about that and learn how to get involved 
And if, if you have any questions or you're confused, just drop me an email, drop me a DM on social media and I'll, you know, I'll help you walk through it because we we're all in this together. So let us know in the comments, if you think that, that, uh, some sort of creator coin would be something that you'd like for Grace and I to do for this show. Because like I said, I'd like to get my feet wet in this. Uh, Carrie even said, the wonderful Carrie Ray said, uh, she, she as well gave it a serious thought when she saw it. Mark's newsletter and Ann Haley is doing it too. Value their words and recommendations. Uh, Chad says, Cumulative Advantage is still my favorite book that he has ever that is- read. That uh, The Bible as well, Chad? Because come on, I mean, that's really... I just want to get that clear. So uh, we may have to talk after. But anyway, um, Mark, thank you so much for being on here and coming. And just you're so personable and in the way you want to help people. Really, really appreciate you. Grace, thank you for putting this together. Where can people find about the all about the amazing Grace Duffy? You can find me over at uh, Restream's YouTube channel. We just relaunched our new series of live shows. I launched our Creator Spotlight this last week. And next week we are doing our product marketing show. So if you want to know anything and everything about Restream, please join us over there. It's Wednesday noon central, I believe. So I'll um, just follow us over, subscribe over to our YouTube channel and you'll get the latest from me. And then I'm here every Friday with Jeff, except when I'm not. So. That's right. <laughs> and don't forget, we're also a podcast. You can find us on your favorite podcast player. Make sure you check out Mark and Brooks. Uh, Marketing Companion podcast is amazing. And also Gary Stockton, who was on before um, about small business. You can, he dropped the link in down below and we'll push, we'll push that out as well. But uh, make sure you guys go and subscribe and leave a review because that really does help podcasts podcasters out our next show is friday february 25th at 11 a.m 10 a.m central you can find us on facebook linkedin youtube and amazon live don't forget our sponsors the amazing ecam they helped us uh, put this show together today as you can see we did things on the fly and it worked amazingly well but you can find out more about them at social media news uh, live.com forward slash ecam and with that Thank you, Gary. Thank you, Chad. Thank you, Carrie. All of you in the audience uh, for your great comments and putting up with us today. We appreciate you, and we will see you next time. Bye, everybody. Social Media News Live.